0: This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport.
1: Powered by fans. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen. Premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com/trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Talk Sport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mick Delivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered, too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18-plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. The is it morning yet deal. How about now? Welcome to Cottage Talk, and this is the Player Ratings Show. This episode we'll be going through the player ratings of Ryan O'Donovan from Football London. I'll be sharing his ratings along with his commentary from the Chelsea match for the full players. My co-host Max Cohen will be reacting to his ratings and sharing his own and his commentary as well. We have much to get through in the Player Ratings Show, but before we do anything else, I have to welcome back Max to the show, Mr. Cohen. How you doing? doing all right, Russ. Just really need this
0: midweek victory tomorrow night. But, you know, I'm confident Cloudy and the boys can get us a result.
1: I am as well, and we will have a preview show, just want to mention. Thank you. That's a great segue to talk about that we will have a preview show. But we have one last show to do, my friend, before we look forward to the big Leicester City match. We still have to talk about the players in a little bit more detail. We've done two shows. This is the third one. It's the player rating show. So let's get to it, my friend, and let's look at the player ratings for the match against Chelsea with the full employers. And I'm going to use, as always, the player ratings from Ryan London. Let's not waste any time. Let's get right into it. Sergio Rico. Ryan O'Donovan gives him a six, and this is what he wrote, my friend. Made a few decent saves over the course of the first 45 minutes and continued that into the second half. Another good thing. Display from the keeper. Six. Do you agree or disagree? Before I get your answer, I disagree. I think you should give him at least a seven. Your thoughts?
0: I'm, I'm going to agree with Ryan here. I think a six is fair. I thought he okay. made a number a number of good saves. I think the save from Giroud when he got – he got on well to stop that ball from going through his legs off the low cross. That was good. Um, but the reason I think it's a seven is because he conceded two goals. And to be fair, I just think – you know I, I don't think he should have saved – either of them, maybe, but I think, I think he could have done more, honestly. I think for the Loftus-Cheek one, I think he probably should have actually cut off the angle there for that second goal. I think Loftus-Cheek probably is too easy of a job there to slot that through. And then for the Pedro goal, for me, he just doesn't come off his line. He just kind of stands there. Um, and while well, Obviously, this is not, it's not a, a, a knock on Rico. I think they're both very tough shots to save. I feel like maybe he could have done a little bit more, but I think his six is very amazing, good saves throughout. Um, but to be fair, he wasn't necessarily peppered with opportunities. He didn't have to make too many saves. No, I think that's going to show to us as we talk on later how well the the defensive midfield probably did.
1: Okay, we will be getting to that. Let's now go and talk about left-back Maxine Lamarchand. Again, Ryan O'Donovan gives him a six. Did a reasonable job at left-back during the game and continued that throughout the second half. Wasn't anything about average, but it was decent from Lamarchand was sucked into the middle that gave Loftus-Cheek space for his goal. Your thoughts on a six?
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to um, point out with uh, Loftus-Cheek goal. Lemar is probably at fault there. That's probably his one major knock because I couldn't really think of anything else. He did, uh, did wrong all afternoon, honestly. I thought he was very solid. And it you know he's keeping Joe Bryant out of the team. So I think he is? six, six and a half maybe uh, would be a good score for him. And obviously Claudio Ranieri rates him. And if you're keeping Joe Bryant out of the team, and that's probably a good sign. So I think LeMarchand is doing well to justify his plays.
1: I think Saul is a great word to describe the play of LeMarchand lately. I understand that. I might have gone a little bit higher, but I, I do see the reasoning behind the six. All right. Let's now talk about Cyrus Christie. Ryan Donovan gives him a seven. I agree with this rating. This is what he wrote. Had a decent game at right back. Did well against a lackluster Marcus Alonso in the first 45 minutes. Got forward more in the second half, but couldn't deliver the kill across. I agree with the rating, and I actually think he outplayed Alonso. Your thoughts? Yeah, I
0: think he outplayed Alonso. And one man we got to mention is Eden Hazard. Yes. Sure, he fouled him a bunch of times. The most important thing is he got tight. I think he got in Hazard's head. He kind of, he was never granted enough space, except maybe uh, for that last goal. But I thought Christie, a player who we've seen struggle so much in the Premier League, his improvement over the past couple weeks has been immense. So I'd even say seven and a half. I thought he was excellent. And, you know, we've seen reports in recent weeks kind of linking Nathaniel Klein possibly yep. for a loan move to Fulham. And I'm thinking, listen, I'd love Nathaniel Klein at Fulham, but the resurgence is Christie, do we even need Nathaniel Klein? I'd rather focus on other parts of our defense. That's kind of – that thing would have been absurd to say, you know, just a couple of weeks ago when – Christie Foster are looking terrible. But I think the performance against Chelsea and certainly one against Southampton and Liverpool shows Christie's really making leaps and bounds. So I'm gonna say seven and a half is a very good, very good display.
1: Well, very interesting thought I wanna to pose to you. I might have mentioned this to you before. Mike Greg has mentioned the potential. He's just thinking out loud of using Cyrus Christie right wing.
0: Yeah, I think he has pace, and that's what I th- and he has I think his dribbling is actually quite good. We saw that at Southampton. He has a nice uh, turn of pace and and, and, and nice touches when, when he's doing that. But the crossing just isn't there. That's my only uh, knock on him is that. Fair he, point. He has no. I don't think he has any attacking instincts, honestly. In terms of, we saw the ball against Southampton when Sadio flicked on onto That's the one good cross I've seen from Christie all season, <laughs> perhaps in his entire career as a player. He just does not have that in his locker. And I mean, that's that's not necessarily um, an insult. It just He's just not across with the ball. It's unfortunate because his game could be so much more dangerous. He could put in a good service, but he just oh. has not done that. And I think he's taken a bunch of shots from distance. I think mean, he might have scored against Millwall in the cup, but I'm standing in the Premier League to suggest he could be a consistent goal scorer on the, on the right wing.
1: Okay, excellent there, my friend. Let's move on. Let's talk about the two center backs together. First, I'll give you Dennis Adoy. Ryan Donovan gives him a five, and this is what he wrote. Played a really poor pass to Seri in the build-up to Chelsea's first goal. We actually talked about that in the post-match. Had a poor first half and struggled to pass the ball out. Improved somewhat in the second half, but still looked suspect. Ryan O'Donovan gives Alfie Mawson a six, and this is what he wrote about him. Another good display at center half from Mawson, who was strong in the tackle and good in the air. He continued that in the second half and continued to look good on the ball. All right. Your thoughts on Ryan's ratings, 5 for Adoy and 6 for Masa?
0: I think 5 is actually a little bit low because, as I mentioned in, in, the, uh, in the post-match yesterday, you cannot blame the situation on Adoy. I don't think. I think that's completely on John McElserie because if you're a top-class center midfielder, you have to know how to turn or you have to know how to play the ball back under pressure. Apart from that one pass that led to the first goal, you could say, I don't think Adoy made many mistakes at all. I thought, I mean, he, he, got, he got a booking just because he kicked Aspilicueta after that Callum Chambers header off the corner. That was funny. But I don't think he, had, he made any high-profile mistakes. I think a six would be the correct rating. And for Mawson, if anything, I'd give Mawson a lower rating because if we're going to point fingers at the center backs for that first goal from Pedro, I think it's Mawson because he just allows Pedro to cut back in the middle so easily. I think that aspect is almost a missed out of the analysis, analysis of that first goal because everyone's focused on the Doi-Seri connection. But when you're one-on-one with Pedro, I get it's a difficult position. But Mawson, for me, the one thing you should not be doing is letting him cut back inside. You have to force the, the, the attacker wide. And in the end, he came off looking pretty flat-footed. So, if anything, I'd give Mawson a five, and the doy things.
1: Okay. Back to Adoy. I'm curious your thoughts on this. I've been thinking about this. Do you think that he gets more criticism because he doesn't fit the type of a center back?
0: Um, I don't. I, I do think he probably gets more criticism. I don't know if it's because of that reason. It might just be because we just associate Dennis Nedohodchik with a player who isn't Premier League quality. I still think it's astounding that this is now probably a first choice center back pairing, and everyone thought Dennis Nedohodchik would probably be off in the summer. I yeah. just people don't necessarily think he's a Premier League defender. Okay. And whether that's true or not, I not Honestly, I have no idea. I mean, he's playing in the Premier League. I think he's doing quite well. <laughs> But I think people still associate him with, you know, those rash kind of like runs forward, poor challenges, uh, bad, bad marking. But in reality, he's cut a lot of that out of his play in in recent weeks.
1: Right. The reason why I bring this up because he's physically short, he, he doesn't fit the bill. Yeah. And can, that's why I was that maybe people look at that.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's true. He's not he's not your Alfie Mawson, you know, but he can jump, I think, higher than most center backs, which we saw from the header against Darby, right? That's right. – that's massive, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's fair.
1: I think he's done a nice job and he wasn't my first choice, but I just wanted to give him a little credit for uh, all the criticism that I see in him get. I I, I think he's doing a decent job and uh, he obviously doesn't look the part because of his size, but like you mentioned, Max, he has the ability to jump. I think he makes up for that in other ways. So I just want to just talk a little bit about that. All right, my friend, let's talk about, The man of the match for me, and I believe you as well, Calum Chambers, Ryan O'Donovan gives him an 8. I agree with that. This is what he wrote. Did well in, in a central midfield role and saw a lot of the ball. Was better defensively than he was going forward. Grew into the game and performed extremely well in the second half for his side. All right, Max. I agree with the rating. I also agree that he doesn't naturally look good moving forward. And I think that will get better over time, this is a new role for him, but he deserves the eight. Oh, for sure.
0: And I think the attacking thing is, is the one that drew the headlines for me, because you just don't expect it out of him. No, well, But he was our m- best attacking threat. <laughs> he had by far the most shots of any phone player. He was the only one <laughs> who looked likely to score, yeah. honestly. And that's impressive, but I'm going to go back to the defensive point. And I just got a, a tweet, a comment to our, uh, our latest post-match show from Ian Leggett. Yep, And I think it's an com- amazing point. And this is uh, kind of connects the center backs to Callum Chambers. And he says, Ranieri seems to recognize in this league any combination of the club's back four needs a protection a 4-2-3-1 gives. And Callum Chambers is one of those cent- central defensive midfielders in that 4-2-3-1 is vital. I think that might even be the biggest point here for the way we've looked more solid in recent weeks is that we have that 4-2-3-1. We have those two uh, center midfielders sitting in front of the back four which in turn allows a Dorian Mawson to have the opportunity to make less mistakes because they're not so exposed all the time. Right. And they're Chambers, is, yeah, exactly. he's a perfect man, I think, to do that. He was all over the place against Southampton and, and also against Chelsea, covering almost every blade of grass in the pitch and also, you know, making some excellent challenges and also going forward. So he's my man of the match, as he is yours. And I think an eight uh, is a good rating for him.
1: Okay, excellent. All right, this one's – Puzzling. I think he, obviously he was at it at the last minute. Stefan Johansson because of the injury to Andre Schola. Lionel Dublin gives him a four. I, I agree with that rain. This is what he wrote. Was hardly involved in the game during the first forty five minutes at Stanford Bridge and was subbed at halftime for Bubakar Kamara. I understand why Ranieri went with him, it just didn't work. Yeah, it's a tough one.
0: I I I agree he was he was poor. He was mainly non-miss, and you know that's always a tough match
1: to be thrown into when you haven't played in a while. So I think the four is fair. And not that he played Andre Sherell's role, but I think that was the substitution at the last minute. Would you agree with that, Max?
0: Yeah, I think.
1: Well, because I don't necessarily agree he would play Andre Sherell's role. Because no, 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 no. I don't. Yeah. I don't think he played Sherlock's role. But I think that when Sherell couldn't go, I think uh, Johansson was added.
0: Yeah, for sure. No, I, that, that's true. One thing I would say about Ranieri in this situation is I think he t- he changed the formation from a 4-2-3-1 to the, the, the diamond in the 4 when he found out uh, Sherlock couldn't play. That's what I think. And okay. then put, put Johansson in because he thought he could play more centrally.
1: Yeah, that's what I thought I, happened.
0: Yeah, but I don't understand why – this is just my question. Obviously, Ranieri has his reasons, but why didn't he just stick with a 4-2-3-1 Play the play the, the attacking midfield three. I see in the second half, and take out, take out Shurla and play either Kamara, Aite, or, or Cabano. Obviously, those aren't necessarily the preferred right wing positions, but right. he obviously showed faith in those players to make an impact in the second half. I would have loved to see Kamara from the off, you know, on, on, on Sunday, rather than the the, the diamond formation. That, that basically fe- that wasn't that effective. You know, we love mm. the four two
1: three one now, and I think Kamara would have been brilliant in that all match. Well, he explained why he went with the diamond formation. It just didn't work. And then credit to him, he changed it. Okay, excellent, my friend. All right, John Michael Seri. This is what he wrote. Talking about Ryan O'Donovan. Caught too easily in possession by Conte for Chelsea's first goal. Endured an extremely poor first half. And looked a yard off. Everything. Improved a bit in the second half. But didn't really have much influence. Five. Your thoughts. I mean, I agree
0: with everything, honestly. It's it, it's such a baffling one. I mean, we've talked about him a lot, but it's just, I'm not seeing an improvement. It's not even been that new manager bounce, understanding. No. And uh, it's, it's I honestly have no idea if he'll keep his starting place once Anguissa or McDonald come back. I, I, I do not know. Honestly, I think uh, Ranieri would be tempted to play two defensive midfielders. Yeah. So I think that, that might suit his style better. So I could easily see Anguissa chambers or even mcdonald chambers yeah. at the expense of Surrey, and i don't really think many people have a problem with that which is remarkable to say because we, we all strange to son, say please. strange to say but i think it's the right decision yeah. he was off off the pace is, is the word is the phrase i'd most associate with him and that's pretty remarkable because he's not a player who should be off the pace but he is and you know the giveaway we've all talked about the giveaway that's just an inexcusable you know, it's also inexcusable the corners, not not clearing the first man. Professional footballers should. No, not. They haven't
1: been good either. I'm glad you're
0: bringing that up. And to be fair, he had a couple of decent ones to Chambers that got off headers, but even one, one is too many. And it's Rainier, I'm sure is uh, hammering how important set pieces should be, and if yep. you can't get that right, that that's worrying. So that indicates to me a larger loss of confidence in form, and and you just did not like to see that.
1: Okay, excellent, my friend. All right. Let's now go and talk about Tom Kearney. Ryan Donovan gives him a seven. This is what he wrote. Was Fulham's best player in the first half. He was comfortable on the ball in the final third and looked to make things happen when in possession. Quietened down in the second, but it was an encouraging display from the skipper. I agree with all of that. Your thoughts on Kearney in the seven?
0: Yeah, I, I think it's... I might also go six and a half because I thought he was influential, but again, not completely dominating, as we expect, you know, from... Canter our captain, and I think that's true because he had the injury, probably still affecting him. You know, he was substituted with around 20 minutes ago, probably saving him for the Leicester match. But yeah, I'd say six and a half, seven is is a fair rating.
1: Okay, excellent. All right, let's now talk about Ryan Sessegnon. Ryan O'Donovan gave him a five. Started up front, but struggled to impact the game before being pulled out wide to give foam some width. Was hauled off at halftime by Ranieri, It just didn't work for Ryan Sessegnon against Chelsea for whatever reason. What are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, I think the formation didn't do him any favors. Um, you know, as, as Ryan mentioned, yeah, he just didn't have an impact. And at the end of the day, he, really, he didn't really have time to make an impact. I think he could have had um, a very big impact in that second half, but you know, it wasn't to be. I think he'll come back to a Leicester City match really determined to prove his worth.
1: Okay, excellent. All right, let's talk about Mitro, Alexander Mitrovich. Ryan O'Donovan gives him a five, and this is what he wrote. Did reasonably well as the target man and brought down some nice balls, but struggled with the defensive pressing side of the game at the bridge. He battled well with David Luiz and probably won most of the duels between the two. Struggled to get the service. He needed to do anything up top, however. The last part is the part that bothers me, my friend, because, again, He needs service, and we need to be getting the ball for him to be more effective. I I like what Ryan wrote there, but I think part of this is um, his teammates not getting him more involved. Your thoughts on the five?
0: Yeah, it's completely true because we've seen what he can do when he gets service. I mean, the Southampton match, I've said it a lot. He didn't have too many opportunities, but he scored two goals because he's just so lethal when presented with them. And I'm really struggling to think of a clear goal-scoring chance he had against Chelsea, which – On one hand, it's understandable because you're playing a a top-four team away from home. But on the other hand, if you don't have any chance of getting any points or a win out of these matches, you need to give your star striker a chance. And and it's telling that Callum Chambers had our most dangerous shots, not Mitrovic. So not really his fault entirely. But I think a five has to be fair because he just did not have the chances.
1: Okay. How concerned are you, Max, as we're talking about Alexander Mitrovic as we get closer to the January transfer window, do you agree that we need another striker?
0: I first, I thought you were going to ask me if he was going to leave, if he was going to be sold, and then that doesn't get turned. Do we need another striker? I think yes, because what Ranieri's indicated to me is that he doesn't rate Vieto at all. You know, He hasn't been, even been in the squad, I don't think, for, last, for this match he wasn't. I don't think he was in the Southampton match. So Vieto, the other person who I, I speculated might have played up top with him, with a maturation of 4, four 2 formation, right. both of those things have seemed completely out of the question now. So I think he will favor another striker. But does that mean he'll play 4-4-2? Does that mean he'll have another option to bring off the bench? I don't know. But I I do think we were always a little light to start off the season in, in the center forward position, and that is something Ranieri would probably address. But is that our biggest problem? I'd say no. I'd, I'd say Ranieri would focus on the defense, the defense and defensive midfield before he starts going to buy another striker.
1: Okay, excellent there. Max, all right, let's move on from that. And let's now look at the substitutes. The substitutes made a difference, I thought. And let's look at the ratings there. For them, let's start with Floyd Ryan O'Donovan gives him a five. Came on to add some width to Fulham's midfield and did that without ever really getting into dangerous positions for his side. Abubakar Kamara also gets a five. Got involved in the game more as the second half went on, and while he, he did well, it's a case again with Kamara that it was very hot and cold performance. And finally, Niskan Cabano ends the substitutes with five. He gets a five as well. Didn't really have an impact on the game this afternoon. So they all get fives from Ryan O'Donovan. Your thoughts? I really don't see how you can give all those three players a five because their performances were nothing alike, honestly.
0: <laughs> I, I I give Aite a five. I think that's the only one I agree with because I think – because he okay. he's on for halftime, right? It's not just yeah a last ten minutes substitution, and I'm really struggling to think what he did, and that's never a good sign, honestly. <laughs> so that's kind of the average. Kamara seven. I, I listen. I'm a huge Kamara fan. You got you. Got I know that, you Kamara. are. But I think this is justified. I just go back to the one that that one attack. Uh, I think which ended in the chamber shot being saved, yep. which him and Christie combined brilliantly down the wing. Kamara ended up pushing Marcus Alonso into the advertising hoardings. Yeah because he had too much strength. And that just, to me, signified how dangerous he can be. Listen, of course, he took that wild shot from 35 yards out when the match is already gone, but he was dangerous. He gives us that dimension that no one else in this Fulham team can, and I thought he made a difference. He he justified his selection coming off the bench. Um, he's a purpose of substitution, honestly, to make, so that's a seven. And Cabano, I mean, this, this is not knocking Cabano, I'm just going to give him a four, because he was not given enough time to do anything, and I think he only probably touched the ball three or four times, but he looked bright and I'm really hoping to see him get more of a chance uh, in the coming weeks.
1: Okay. Excellent there. All right, my friend, before we wrap this up, just let's review this all together. Talking point coming out of it, out of the performances, what do you take from it? Do you learn anything going into the next match against Leicester city, which we'll be previewing soon? I,
0: I learned that we have to get Mitra involved. That's kind of the one takeaway because I thought the defensive performance was good, yeah. but the time performance left stuff that desired. But at the same time, we have to take all this with a grain of salt considering we're playing you know, at Chelsea. It was yeah. always going to be a very difficult match to kind of impress our will. But the moments we did, uh, we looked bright, and that's what gives me hope is because we can attack against the best teams, and it looks like we can also defend reasonably well against yeah. the best teams. So a home match against a team like Leicester, He's very comfortably mid table. Should present a, a really good chance for us to show how our defense has improved,
1: and also show how our attack can create create opportunities. Okay. One final topic: Did Fulham miss Andre Sherlin in this match, and how much of a benefit could he be against Leicester City? I'm, I'm going to say no, honestly. I think in the Southampton okay. match,
0: he got his he got his goal, and I was glad about that. But, <laughs> but. What else did he do in that match? You know, apart from, I'll give him credit for kind of uh, harassing Southampton's center back uh, in the lead up to Mitrovic's third uh, winner in the third goal. That was impressive pressing by him. But honestly, he was anonymous. And that's the thing about Cheryl is that he's not a player who you want to come with you on a a tough away day. He's a passenger. So I I honestly don't think it was that big of a miss. Um, What I I do think he'll do against Leicester if he starts is he does deliver a precision. In that kind of six-yard box, uh, eighteen-yard box, he can finish in close range. He has quality. He'll take a lot of shots, but he's he's not really integral to the
1: way we play. I'll put it that way. Okay, excellent there. Great show, Max. You did the trifecta once again. Thank you so much for doing this with me. Cheers, Ross. You know,
0: always a pleasure. And, you know, this time we got some more positive player ratings. You know, it was a loss, but at least uh, we're up in kind of the five to seven range, and, and I'll take that.
1: Okay, I I will as well. One last thing before we go. Just if you uh, listen to Cottage Talk, there are several places that you can listen to the show. You can listen to an Apple podcast. I post the show on cottages, Nation. New way to listen to the show, Spotify. It's a great way to listen to the show. I listen to it in the car. It's fantastic. If you have Spotify, give us a follow. It's a great way to listen back to Cottage Talk. All right, my friend. Great show. But we do have to wrap this up. For my Co-host Max Cohen. I'm Russ Cohen. Thank you as always for listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
0: This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network.
1: TalkSport. Powered by fans.